Welcome, this is the Effective Challenge podcast. My name's Damien and this is where I discuss topics that are relevant to both individuals and teams and the content is aimed at things that you can practically do to improve your performance and as a result of that, the results you're able to achieve. I'm really interested in any comments you got around the content or perhaps topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. Uh, please drop me a line, it's Damien at EffectiveChallenge.com. That's Damien, D-A-M-I-A-N, at EffectiveChallenge.com. Welcome to this edition of the Effective Challenge podcast. Uh, yeah, episode nine, don't get stuck in a state, soon be in double figures, which is great to to see. Um, just a, a, a loop back round the last episode, uh, which was all about um, planning or not to planning. Uh, thanks very much for feedback that I got from, from various people on that one. That episode more than most seemed to uh, divide opinion, uh, which... I guess, is borne out by my experience of of talking to people about plans. Some people love them, some people hate them. Uh, Not a word I use lightly. Um, So that that particular content in that episode, if if you've not listened to it, uh, worth checking out. Uh, One of the best bits of feedback I had about that was was somebody who had been struggling for quite a while uh, around making some progress on a particular project, project with a small p, a, a personal project, and um, just structuring some of their thinking in a way they, they hadn't done thus far really helped them to feel like they were making some, some progress and to move forward. And like I say in the actual cast itself, you know, it's, it's a personal preference, quite how much you want detail and depths you want to go into in terms of planning. Um, but, you know, for many, it, it, it's something that can unlock uh, a lot of their frustration around uh, what to do about certain subjects and uh, breaking things down into to more manageable chunks. Okay, so that was the, the last episode. Let, let's get on to, to the current one, uh, Don't Get Stuck in a State. So this really is my take on the various states we move through as we're looking to implement some form of, of change. This, this applies to individuals and teams like, like most of these subjects. Um, and I've used for context here our level of performance and the, the time it takes us to, to move through you know, varying states of, of mindset and activity to the point where we get to the stage where we're improving our performance in you know, what feels like a sustained way. I make no bones about this. I, I draw on uh, something which I've resisted over the years, I think, in many ways, uh, tapping into, partly uh, which I'll come on to explain because I don't think... Uh, I think this is something that gets misused. Uh, the thing I'm talking about is something called the Kubler-Ross grief cycle. 
Kubler-Ross was a psychiatrist uh, in the, I think, late 60s when she came up with this. And it was it was some observations she'd made around uh, people that either had, had been given a, a diagnosis of, of um, a terminal diagnosis and the different states that these people uh, would would move through. Um, it's been um, adapted uh, to play a part in in other forms of change, and I guess you know, getting a terminal diagnosis is, you know, crikey, one of those things that that really would be uh, life changing uh, or life ending, uh, probably more to the point. Um, the, one of the adaptations that the Kubler Ross uh, grief cycle has, has has been used in is the management of of change inside organisations, and for for those that have have worked in large organisations, you've you've probably at some stage had uh, you know, a, a change programme, chances are there's been somebody on that change programme who has drawn upon uh, the, the work of Kubler-Ross to understand the different states that people go through as they're looking to, to manage change. Um, I've always resisted it, or I felt like I've resisted it, because it, it feels quite like a process that you're stepping people through. In, in my experience, that that really isn't how change works. And there are so many variables um, that change can feel more like uh, a game of snakes and lazars than some kind of neat process that you, you, you take people through. So I don't know whether that's my misinterpretation of Kubler-Ross. If there's people listening to this that have got a different take on, on that, then you know, please uh, drop, drop me a line. I'd be really keen to, to hear your take on it. So uh, yeah, less of a less of a process, more just understanding states and um, acknowledging that yeah, we might make some progress uh, from one state to another. Uh, uh, but you know, events might happen, and that means we kind of move backwards rather than forwards, uh, just like that game of, of of snakes and ladders. So in terms of Kubler Ross, there were five states that that she talked about. There were Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and the final stage uh, or state uh, was acceptance. Um, so I can I can definitely see some of those uh, some of those words in change. I think there's there's in looking to understand and manage change or get into the place where we can achieve sustained performance improvement more specifically there's there's a few extra stages that that i would chuck into the mix um, um for for obvious reasons as i'll explain some of these just wouldn't apply in the original work that that, sh that she was doing around um terminal diagnosis so my states uh that i tend to use when working with people and, and thinking about change myself um are well there's seven of them so there's a couple couple more the first is enthusiasm so this is around somebody wanting to improve their performance in a particular area so getting a big burst of enthusiasm initially around what they can do um, the the second uh, follows typically some kind of setback some kind of setback or perhaps a loss of motivation and this second state is denial uh, the third, following on from the denial, is is quite often a sense of frustration that you perhaps not made the progress, and that can sometimes lead to you know uh, anger. Uh, the fourth state 
is that you can get, as a result of that, quite down um, and start to feel like uh, the thing you want to achieve is just, you know, never going to happen. Um, so you can get quite down and, you know, in some cases, I don't mean this in the medical term, but some, sometimes you can get, get a bit of depression creeping in. Uh, fifth state, following on from that, you know, uh, accepting that if you want to make the progress, if you want to make the change, if you want to see the improvement, you're going to have to do some different things. So there's a whole acceptance set of uh, uh, things you're going to need to work your way through, which leads on to the sixth. Uh, so this is where it starts to become uh, more positive. Uh, and this is where perhaps you begin to commit to what you need to do in a way that wasn't um, present in the early stages. Uh, you begin to experiment about how you might do some of these things. And uh, something that I've touched on in previous podcasts uh, is a recognition of you know, whatever change you're doing, it needs to fit in with the other roles you have in life. So there's a, a more general kind of uh, integration uh, of what you want to do with everything else you've got. And if you get that working and you get that working well and in balance with each other, it's then you can move on to the seventh state, which is where you really do begin to see sustained performance improvement. So they are my seven states that I see uh, around moving uh, from one position of performance to a place where you can get to sustained performance improvement. And... You know, this is something that for some people, they don't really move out of um, the first two states. That's the kind of enthusiasm, wanting to do something and then having a setback and get it into getting into denial. Um, so they don't even get on to the future states. They just kind of yo-yo backwards and forwards between these, these two positions. So let's use, a, use an example uh, and I'm going to use the example of somebody uh, wanting to uh, get fit. So this is a personal example. I'll then give an example perhaps of uh, a, a business setting. So um, somebody wanting to get fit, uh, make some changes, lifestyle changes around that. So you know, initially they might like the idea of getting fit, perhaps seeing some kind of motivational stuff. Uh, may have been inspired by somebody to do something. Maybe they've had, uh, you know, maybe a health challenge or scare themselves and they've decided that, that now's the time and they want to do some things that are a bit different. So they get an initial burst of enthusiasm about what they can do and they develop some ideas and, a, and an approach and they get going on that. And after a period of time, um, perhaps they suffer some kind of setback. So in the getting fit, it, it might be, you know, all of a sudden, you know, going to the gym six out of seven days a week might be a bit of a stretch because something else, uh, some of the other things that you, you need to do in your life uh, kick in. Uh, perhaps, uh, you know, getting up uh, five o'clock in the morning to kind of go for a run or go to the early gym class might not be so appealing after a night out. Uh, so you get, get to bed a little bit later. Um, perhaps you get an injury. Uh, and means uh, because you've perhaps been overtraining and uh, that you, you can't do all that you want. So essentially you suffer kind of, some kind of setback and as a result of that, your motivation dips. Okay, so that, that is the first 
you know, state. You typically in the early stages of that, you'll be on the rise, your performance will be improving, you'll be making some progress, which is which is all great to see. Suffer a setback and then you then you suffer a dip in your motivation. It's at this point where um, you perhaps move into the second state, which is um, this is where it does link in with the Kubler-Ross stuff, uh, denial. So the denial bit is, well, you know, perhaps you're saying to yourself, I didn't really want to get fit anyway. I quite like the way I am. Uh, you know, I've perhaps been a you know, fitness fanatic and you might start using quite, you know, uh, black and white language. A fitness fanatic is just not me. That doesn't fit with my life. I've got other pressures. I've got, you know, a busier workload. I've got kids to look after. I've got family, yada, 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 yada. So you kind of get into almost a denial state about the original thing you wanted to achieve and its importance in your life. Um, accepting you kind of go through that, you can then sometimes find that you get a when you find out that actually the original reasons why you wanted to make the progress are actually still there. You can sometimes get a bit of frustration, uh, and sometimes that frustration can boil over into a bit of anger. Often, that anger is directed at yourself, actually, uh, the voice inside your head being a, perhaps a little bit spiteful. There you go again, you've kind of set up yourself up to fall. Uh, you're not committed enough to do what you need to do, yada, yada, yada. Um, as a result of that, you can start to broaden that frustration and anger out into other areas. And that that voice, uh, you know, often, as I say, quite spitefully inside your head, can start to bring you down in other ways. You know, this is typical of you, isn't it? You start things, you don't finish them. Uh, you know, you, you, you kind of overdo it. You, you You think you're better than you are. And, you know, generally that brings us down. So that that push, pushes us into state number four. Now, typically, most people will at some point grab hold of um, some objectivity, a bit of balance and begin to accept that actually, if I really want to make this change and I want to make this change in a sustainable way, then perhaps I need to do some things that are a bit different. Perhaps I need to accept that I need to make some adjustments. Uh, and if I can do that, then maybe I begin to make some progress. So that's state five. That pushes us into state six, which is the commitment, experimentation and integration state. And this is where you, you know, you turn, turn the corner and you begin to make some, some more positive progress and your performance starts to, to improve as a result. Better balance typically here. Uh, is achieved and then if you can do that for a and you get that right uh, and right you know is is a quite loaded word in this in this particular uh, circumstance but if you can get that working for you then you can push into state seven uh, and as a result of that um, performance improves in perhaps more of a sustained way now that all sounds quite logical and you know, process orientated. It, it really doesn't work out like that in life. And you can quite, you know, quite often people can find that they get themselves into the sixth state, that commitment, experimentation, integration. Then something big will happen, just like in a game of snakes and ladders, and pushes you right back down into the, into the earlier states, almost in some cases 
back to the beginning. And that's certainly what you might see uh, commonly with things like you know, wanting to improve physical activity, um, losing weight, perhaps another example, you know, continually committing uh, to do things uh, and you know, making some progress, uh, probably overextending ourselves in you know, what's realistic and achievable given everything else that's going on for us and then finding us back back at square one uh, and you know as a result needing to you know by definition start again so that's that's the personal view of that i guess you could draw some parallels uh, in the business context um so by way of, of illustration and example i'm going to use the 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 kind of senior leadership team or the you know the team section you know wh whichever grouping you want to use offsite you know maybe once or twice a year where people go away typically um, out of the normal work environment in some cases staying away overnight uh, and you know use that time to step back and uh make some different choices about where the business is heading or you know how progress is being achieved against the existing plans and strategy and what adjustments you might want to make to, to make some progress um, and you can see you know these states playing out in that too so very often when people return from those kind of events I, I think I've been um, both the returner and the recipient of the people that have returned, there's a real burst of enthusiasm about you know, what we can do, how we're going to do it, you know, great standards we're going to set ourselves, etc. And then you kind of bump up against uh, the reality of life inside organisations and teams, um, perhaps suffer a bit of a setback, and then all those, good, all that good intent and all those wise, meaningful words. You know, you, you, you suddenly start to play out state two, the denial bit, which is, yeah, but you know, we're, we're different. Uh, we've got more on than the more challenges on. You know, we've got, you know, we've got the wrong people working for us to make the progress we want. And, you know, the people thinking, well, we've got the right, we've got the wrong managers. We've got the wrong leadership. If only they were different, we'd be making some progress. So you enter that denial phase and then you, that boils over into the frustration and anger um, quite quickly uh, in organisations, that can can mean that you know relationships begin to suffer, uh, teams become quite fragmented. You're certainly not making the progress you you'd like to see, um, and therefore you you kind of drag yourselves down. And then you know maybe you get to that point where you decide, well, we really need to go on another offsite, get that acceptance going, uh, that we need to do some things that are different, and you know. Once again, you kind of push in, if, if, if you can, into the commitment, experimentation and integration phase uh, and move on and hopefully you get into sustained performance improvement. Again, just like with the personal example, you can move up and down that, those states uh, depending on what's going on inside the business. So, so why is this of interest and why did I think this would make uh, a, a useful podcast? So some of the things that, that I see is, you know, the time it takes us to move between these states, um, it really varies. It varies on the individual. It varies on the circumstances. It varies on the on the team. Uh, but if we can kind of preempt that we might find ourselves in these states, then perhaps we give ourselves a better chance of, of navigating our way through them and out of them. And... If you can really do this well, maybe, maybe we can avoid 
some of those states. Maybe we don't have to go through denial, frustration and getting ourselves really down before we kind of commit to some different way of working. So I would push that, you know, this all starts um, at the beginning and the way we tee ourselves up for what's going to come. And very often we get an unrealistic view of you know, what we can achieve. And I've touched on this, I think I've touched on it in the last podcast, I've certainly touched on it in others. What we can achieve in the, um, in the short term over you know, what is really possible over the medium to, to long term. So that initial phase of enthusiasm and what we do with that enthusiasm uh, really casts uh, a long shadow over over what comes uh, in terms of our future performance improvement that's not to say and you know really I'm not saying that don't be enthusiastic about what you want to do I'm just not saying that in actual fact I think that's fantastic if you can be enthusiastic however enthusiasm can be very often susceptible to the environment you're operating in so you know in that physical uh, exercise example if, if running is going to be your thing you know, you're certainly going to be less enthusiastic or most people correct myself most people are going to be less enthusiastic about getting out of bed uh, early in the morning when it's hammering down the rain perhaps cold and dark so uh, their enthusiasm would would suffer as a result however if we can you know get ourselves to a position where we've developed commitment to that thing that we want to achieve, then we're much more likely to work out a way. So enthusiasm will ebb and flow based on the uh, circumstances and the environment we find ourselves in, whereas commitment to some extent will do that, but far less likely. If we're really committed to something, we'll find a way to see it through. So in that first state, using that enthusiasm to think about some of the things that we might come up against, you know, how will we deal with a setback? Um, how will we find us? You know, what will we do? What conversations will we have? You know, what questions will we ask ourselves when we're in that? If we find, not if, when, if and when we find ourselves in that denial state, um, you know, that can a potentially help us avoid it completely, and if we do find ourselves in it, can mean that we've got a way to navigate our way through. Without, without having to think about it when we perhaps become a bit more emotional than we'd ideally like. I guess the big takeaways from the states towards sustained performance improvement is thinking a bit more upfront about what you might face, not just the, not just the logical, rational elements like I need a plan, I want to some big goals, I want to break those goals down into manageable chunks that I can steadily work towards and make progress in. But also thinking about some of the emotional elements, some of the things that are more likely to actually be our downfall should and if we kind of suffer some kind of setback. So have a think. Uh, you might already be in uh, pursuit of some uh, goals, some change. Uh, have a think if you're not making the progress that uh, you'd like to see. What what state um, 
of the seven you might be experiencing and what questions you can ask yourself to help you navigate your way out of uh, that particular position. If if you're not in the middle of something and you want to start something, um, you're in that kind of first stage of enthusiasm, have a think about and perhaps have a conversation with uh, somebody else about some of the things you might face and what you could do to uh, mitigate those things uh, should they arise. You know, think of some of the the things. If with a bit of planning, you could just just avoid and um, them not be an issue. Yeah, so that's quite a uh, complicated subject to to cover. Um, so there's lots of depths we could go into there, but I'm going to conscious of time. I'm going to call it there. Again, just like always, really interested in any feedback you've got, um, how you might have used uh, some of the content and how it might have been a benefit to you uh, or just feedback more generally. Uh, drop me a line. It's Damien, D-A-M-I-A-N at EffectiveChallenge.com. Coming up in future episodes, you know, more of, of the same around, you know, subjects that and ideas and some tools, techniques that we might think about in terms of improving our performance and as a result, um, the the things we're able to achieve. Uh, Also going to be exploring a few in-conversation type casts where I'm going to be interviewing some people from different backgrounds, different experiences about, you know, what they do to uh, keep their performance or to manage their own performance um, so looking forward to doing those and I'm, I'm hoping that uh, they're going to be a benefit to, to people and listeners too. That's it for now. Uh, yeah, as I say, drop us a line if you've got any feedback. Damien, D-A-M-I-A-N at effectivechallenge.com. For now, uh, until next time, uh, stay well. Good luck.